season's greetings to you and your loved ones. May this Christmas be your healthiest to date. The Christmas cheer is infectious here at the Wellness Couch and we've put together one very special hamper for one very special Wellness Coucher. One lucky person who registers for any wellness-based camp event in 2019 will win a wellness hamper including a selection of primal alternative Christmas-baked treats to enjoy on Christmas Day, two jars of bone broth from our good friends at Tone Made, that's one beef and one chicken, and a VIP upgrade to the wellness-based camp you're attending, including front row seats, dinner with the speakers, and a whole lot more. Valued at over $400, this wellness hamper could be yours when you register for the Wellness Base Camp in Fremantle, Newcastle or Auckland. All the details are at thewellnessbasecamp.com and all you need to do is get your tickets before the stroke of midnight on Sunday, December 16. Happy, healthy Christmas to you from all of us here at the Wellness Couch. Bredo, the wellness world can get a bit confusing at times, particularly when it comes to protein powder. Sure can, MP. Some protein powders have nasty fillers, artificial sweeteners, flavours, and not to mention a poor source of protein. This is what sets True Protein apart from the rest. It's true, MP. True Protein has no gimmicks, no false promises, no nasty fillers, no artificial sweeteners or flavours, and a total honesty policy that ensures every ingredient list is transparent and pure. Not to mention, True Protein is absolutely delicious, GMO-free and grass-fed. True Protein is the premier choice of world-class athletes, sporting teams and wellness enthusiasts all around the world. And for listeners of The Wellness Guys, you can get an awesome 10% off your True Protein order when you use the code WELLNESS10. Just go to trueprotein.com.au and enter the discount code WELLNESS10 for 10% off. Surely that's too good to be true, Bredo. It's the truth, MP. Wellness Guys listeners get 10% off your True Protein order when you use the discount code WELLNESS10 at trueprotein.com.au. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. This episode of the Wellness Guys is brought to you by the all-new Sprouted Forage Cereal Breakfast Range. Did you know that when you sprout your nuts and your seeds, you can access more of the nutrition? Well, now you do. To find out more, visit www.foragecereal.com. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. This is Damien. And this is Brett. Hello, Brett. How are you, buddy? I'm great, mate. Very good. Good, mate. Did you have a good night's sleep last night? Oh, I had a ripper. I actually slept like a log. But I have to tell you, um, I gave it a little bit of a nudge. I gave it a nudge the night before. And so, Oi. I reckon I was um, recovering from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a oh. sleep. But I well, we went, to the, we went to the beach yesterday. So, I always oh. have a good night's sleep after the beach, don't you? When you've been swimming, a bit of sun, a bit of salt air, you just... Yeah. Sleep like a baby. It's great. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And I think a lot of people would identify with that. You know, you, you get out, you're in the sun, you've got, um, hopefully, you're not having to wear sunglasses in the water. But it's a, fa- it's a really grounding experience to be at the beach with water, sand, ground on your feet, or, you know, the ground on your feet, which is important rather than ground on your shoes. Uh, that's a great thing. But the sunlight and the refraction of the sunlight off the water and off the sand, triggering melatonin secretion from the pineal gland, will really put you to sleep. So everybody listening to this would know that when they've spent a long day at the beach or a long day in the park and been running around, chasing the dog, throwing the frisbee, building sandcastles, whatever, that they've slept like a baby that night. And and that's probably what you experienced. Would that be right, Bredo? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's great. It's always good. Anytime, like I said, you get out in the water, whether it's uh, swimming, fishing, just chilling on the beach, it always seems to make a difference. But, you know, for lots of people, they don't get a great night's sleep and they're struggling to get to sleep. Actually, I struggled a lot with sleep when I was younger. It used to take me two or three hours to get to sleep. Gee, and uh, really? And that was just like my norm. It was incredibly frustrating. And uh, interestingly, actually, for me, it, it's changed around the time I started seeing a chiropractor. Huh. And, uh, you know, we've spoken a few times about the link between chiropractic and, you know, releasing dopamine and serotonin and switching off your stress response. But I didn't know any of that stuff at the time. And so that was a really interesting sort of a correlation that happened for me. Uh, yeah. But, you know, for lots of our listeners, they're, they're struggling to get to sleep and they want some more tips. So we've got lots of great information um, and some really cool herbal remedies they can try in this episode as well. Well, it, it is actually a really good episode and I loved, we're joined again by Professor Mark Cohen and we're talking about a product called Redormin. Now, well, it's actually Redormin Fort, so it's been, you know, improved, you know, from the old product that used to be around. But the reason why I found this so beneficial is that Mark gives a really refreshing view of what he calls sleep architecture. And I hadn't ever considered that to be a, a term or, you know, ever heard it being used. But I love the concept of sleep architecture. We've heard of sleep hygiene, but this sleep architecture component, which he brings to the table today, was really fascinating, I felt. Yeah, and, and I really love just having a chat around all the different things we can do during the day as well to help set us up. And Mark gave us some really great tips for that too. So, you know, you can really set yourself up by having a great day for a great sleep that night as well. So it's a good episode, Damo. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's a really important thing to keep in mind that if you've been suffering with insomnia for a long time, if you're suffering from depression, if you've had issues that just haven't been sorted out for a long time, yes, you can just rock on down and buy this product at your local pharmacy or your local health food store. Yes, you can do that. But more often than not, it's better to seek the health, the help of a healthcare practitioner, the one that you trust, the one you've got rapport with. Um, it doesn't have to be um, a GP, it doesn't have to be an naturopath, it doesn't have to be a chiropractor, it's got to be someone that you have rapport with that you can open up uh, with and have a, a great conversation because sometimes insomnia uh, is has deep-seated um, concerns and issues that need to be addressed. So, you know, keep that in mind. Obviously, there's some solutions in this podcast and it's great, um, but you should also be asking questions of your healthcare practitioners. Yeah, absolutely, Damo. Let's get into it. All right, mate. Brett, we're joined today by Professor Mark Cohen, and he's a friend of the Wellness Guys. We've had it on a number of times before, and today we're talking about circadian rhythms, sleep, and the effects of, or the beneficial effects of sleep and maintaining a healthy circadian rhythm. Love to welcome back to the Wellness Guys show, Professor Mark Cohen. Thanks for joining us again. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm great. really grateful to be with you. Mark, it's a, uh, it's a really fascinating subject, sleep, um, but also beyond sleep, the circadian rhythm. Can you explain to the listeners for us, um, I, I suppose, to kick it off, what is a circadian rhythm and how can it go wrong? Well, circadian rhythms are just really our body clocks and pretty much everything we do and all of our metabolic processes and hormonal processes are governed by a timing cycle that is chiefly dominated by the, the wake um, sleep cycle or the day-night cycle. You know, um, humans are generally not nocturnal. Um, you know, we're awake in the day and sleep at night. And that cycle, which is also embedded in the seasonal cycles, you know, longer days and shorter nights in summer and shorter um, days and longer nights in winter, which we're also susceptible to, they all have an impact on all of our bodily processes. And, I mean, the most obvious one is that, you know, we sleep in the, in the night and we're awake in the day, and that affects our blood pressure, our cortisol production, 
um, our hormonal cycles, our concentration. And we're actually learning now that even the timing of um, when you eat particular foods, when you take particular medicines, can have an impact on how well you absorb them or how well the medicines will work or your digestive processes, etc. And really to anchor what we call that diurnal rhythm, which is our daily cycle, um, one of the key anchors for that is good sleep. And um, in modern society, we're struggling. And um, let's say, you know, more than 80% of the population will have a sleep disorder at some time in their life, if not, you know, more than that. And um, our sleep has sort of been attacked at all these different levels from um, the use of artificial light and now screens, which have a, um, uh, a shift towards the blue light. And in the natural um, cycle of day and night, um, blue light is more prominent in the morning at sunrise and red light is um, more prominent at sunset. And in fact, um, a red light, like a firelight, won't suppress your melatonin, whereas um, a blue light will. And our ancestors, you know, if they were awake at nighttime, you know, they, they were uh, illuminated by firelight. And that on the edge of the red spectrum, which has um, you know, longer wavelengths and low, lower intensity light, it actually doesn't upset our circadian balance but, um, or our melatonin production. Whereas if you're exposed to artificial illumination and bright lights, and especially blue lights, which often our screens have, that can shut down our melatonin production. And melatonin is a hormone secreted by the pineal gland, and it has multiple functions throughout the body, from anti-cancer properties, from timekeeping properties, um, and it sort of sets the, the metabolic clock for all of our other bodily functions. So when um, we don't sleep well, uh, all of our other homeostatic processes can be compromised. So, Mark, um, there's so many things we could touch on there that you've spoken about in terms of impact on the circadian rhythm. But obviously, as you said, that the major one being sleep. So to start with, let's talk about, you know, how much sleep we need. How, how much sleep do we need from a quantity perspective, but also how much does quality impact upon that? And how do we measure that? Yeah, well, um, I mean, there is a lot of individuality with sleep. And some people seem to get by with much less. But generally, you know, seven to eight hours is um, you know, a good amount for most adults. And it really does matter on the quality of sleep. So in our sleep, there's actually cycles within our sleep where we go through um, cycles of um, you know, deep sleep and REM sleep. And um, that cycles every about 90 minutes or so. And there are some, uh, we know, for example, some um, sleep sleeping medications and um, a lot of the benzodiazepines um, can actually put you to sleep but they'll disrupt your sleep cycle. And um, so while you'll go to sleep, you won't have it as refreshing sleep. And that, that does make a big difference. It also can make a big difference when you wake up in your sleep cycle. So you want to wake up at the end of a sleep cycle, not when you're in the middle of deep sleep. And there are some devices now that um, they can use heart rate variability or EEG measurements, you know, brainwave measurements, to actually um, have an alarm clock that actually wakes you up at the proper time in your sleep cycle because you'll feel more refreshed. Mm. And there, there are many different um, ways to measure sleep quality or what we call sleep architecture. And sleep architecture is the, the structure of your sleep and how well, how much time you spend in REM sleep um, or deep sleep or um, just light sleep, etc. And that does have a big impact on, on whether we're going to feel refreshed. And, and it's, it's interesting because we still don't fully understand that the need and what happens during sleep. But generally, it's when we set our, basically our homeostatic set point. 
And I, I like to talk about extremes. You know, I've, I've been talking about extreme bathing, going from hot to cold. And one of the other extremes we all go through is from activity to inactivity. Mm. And you know, for us to be really active during the day, we have to balance that. You know, every life is full of polarity. We have to balance that by having periods of you know, really quite profound inactivity at night. So you know, when you're in deep sleep and you're literally paralyzed, um, so when you're, when you're, say, in REM sleep, you know, you don't act out your dreams because you're, you're actually paralyzed, but your brain is working, but you're actually very inactive in terms of what you're, you know, you're physical, physically doing. But it's a time when you can process things. Your um, subconscious mind can be working on problems and often solutions can come to you during sleep. Um, but that balance of having you know, activity in the day and inactivity at night is really important. So if you're having restless sleep, if you're not sleeping at all, if you're, um, I mean, there are quite a few uh, disorders. Um, sleep apnea is a very common one, um, mostly in males, um, elderly males, but you know, in a lot of people where you're not breathing properly during sleep and, and you have periods of apnea, which is not breathing, mm. and that has big implications for cardiovascular disease, etc. Um, hormonal disruptions. I mean, women are more prone to, you know, certainly menopausal women have sleep disturbance, but um, during the monthly cycle, there can be sleep changes. And then everyone has all, all the pressures of life on them now, where you've got, you know, just social media and financial issues and work issues and personal issues that just impact on us. And we're meant to be available 24 hours a day. And we've got, you know, we're doing work internationally and working in different time zones and traveling and all of that. Um, can really affect our ability to have this regular cycle of activity in the day and inactivity at night. Mm. This is fascinating because you think that sleep is just one of those things that you just get and hopefully you get enough of it and, uh, and that should be about right. But, you know, when you mention the word or the term sleep architecture, it, it brings it to a whole new level, doesn't it, Mark? It's, it's definitely something that's being obviously quite clearly being studied quite a lot and we've still got a lot more to understand about it. But you do, you raise some really wonderful points in there. There's sleep cycles. So we're talking 90-minute sleep cycles. We want to wake uh, on the out, as we're coming out of that sleep cycle, not going into that sleep cycle. That's very, very important. And when I, you know, if you do the maths on that, a 90-minute sleep cycle, and I may, be, I may be getting this wrong, Mark, but I always thought that a 90-minute sleep cycle would mean that you would, you would sleep for maybe six to maybe seven and a half hours, um, given that that would be in 90-minute increments. Would that be more on, in line with things rather than, say, an eight-hour sleep cycle or sleep pattern? Well, it, it, it depends on how long it takes you to get to sleep. Sure. So that, there's a variation there. And, and people do have um, you know, their own personal idiosyncrasy, idiosyncrasy. So some people, you know, they're morning people and they, and, and they function better. They wake up at, at sunrise um, and they're sort of tuned in to the, the, the natural cycles, mind you. That if and they've, they've done a lot of research on this. So if people are less free ranging, like if you're taken down into a cave where you, you can't see the sun and you're, you're um, you know, totally isolated from the natural cycles of nature, you're generally you'll have a, a 25 hour diurnal rhythm. So it'll be longer than the day and, and um, you know a full day, and you'll go out of sync with the day night cycle of you know the sun and 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 the rotation of the earth. So that we use that. Um, the sun and the rotation of the earth to sort of sync our body rhythms to what's happening in nature. Um, however, as I say, and I, I actually think it depends on how tuned in you are during the day. Um, you know, some people need less sleep, and uh, often you find that people who meditate a lot can can tolerate a lot less sleep. 
Um, so they say, you know, an hour of meditation is worth, you know, four hours of sleep. And, you know, that, that equation is probably different from different people. Mm. But I think if you're in the flow during your day and you're really in the zone and you don't have um, a lot of, um, I wouldn't say psychic trauma, but, but a, a lot of things that are out, out of sorts to process, then you may need less sleep because you haven't got as much unconscious material that you need to process. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's, again, more food for thought for everybody. Um, Mark, when I was studying to be a naturopath many years ago, we spoke about the utilization of herbs um, to help us, you know, fall asleep or relax or chill out, take the edge off, all those sorts of things. And uh, and you mentioned before benzodiazepines, which uh, are a pharmaceutical drug that can put people to sleep. But, of course, you mentioned that it can disrupt the sleep cycle. Do we have the same problems with herbs like valerian or hops or any of the other herbs that we might be using? Well, generally not. Um, the herbs don't work as sort of powerfully as the benzodiazepines. So, and generally, herbs have a lot more ingredients, so there's a lot more um, uh, complex behaviour, you know, phytochemically, and they act, act a little bit slower. So it may actually take a few days to get into a rhythm with um, using herbal remedies. And as you say, valerian and hops, so they're being very, very commonly used um, to aid sleep. And um, you, you'd actually expect a, a slower effect, so you'd, you'd take them for a bit longer, um, but much less side effects. And, I mean, there, there has been a lot of research in this area, I mean, because sleep is such an important um, biological function for everybody. Um, so there has been extensive research, and um, valerian and hops have been very well researched and um We've talked about before that there, there's. You know, I've written this massive textbook on herbs and natural supplements and evidence-based guide. And when you review all that, the evidence, you can see that the clinical trials um, show that they can be very effective. But when you take a herb, you're actually not taking valerian or hops. You're taking a preparation made out of valerian or hops. So um, it's not just that valerian's a plant, so it depends on how you've grown it, where you've grown it, how you've harvested it, how you've processed that, what part of the plant you've used, um, how you've stored it, how you've preserved it, how you've formulated it, and then how you take it. So it's, it's actually very com much more complex than a pharmaceutical drug where you know exactly the chemical there, the precise dosage. Um, with a plant, it's much more complex. So when you're looking at the evidence for plant-based medicines, it's, it's really beneficial to look for um, products that actually have evidence on the product you're taking. And that's, that's a lot rarer um, because it's obviously expensive to do clinical trials and, um, you know, and often it's not just one trial, you need to do a series of trials. So that's, um, you know, when you're choosing evidence-based remedies, I mean, there are a range of products you know, out there that you can, you can get the evidence of, but not always. But with... Um, uh, products to help you sleep. Redormin Fort is one of the products that actually has the evidence on that product, and that preparation is called ZE nine one o one nine, and they're given the code name like that. That means it's a specific preparation. It's standardised in terms of how it's grown and how it's produced and how it's processed and how it's packaged and preserved um, to give a, a reliable standardised effect. Oh, Mark, I'd love to talk some more about that and that research and what it's been showing. But before we jump into that, I'd love to just ask a few questions. You know, you talked about the architecture of sleep, um, but I guess I'd like to ask you about the architecture of a good day in terms of preparing you for great sleep. You know, we, we often talk about 
you know, the, the effects of, for example, caffeine, perhaps the effects of alcohol, the effects of various different sorts of foods, um, you know, what time of the day you should exercise, you know, things like that. Can, can you give us a bit of a rundown perhaps of, of like what, might, what an ideal day might look like if you were wanting to have a great night's sleep? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's hard to prescribe a day for everybody because we are all different. Um, as I say, there's sort of night owls and early birds and, and there's a bit of a difference there. But, but generally, I mean, it's nice to give your um, – well, actually, if you talk about the things that, that program your daily rhythms, and, and I use these a lot when I travel internationally across time zones um, to um, attune myself to a specific time zone. And there's, there's generally five things that will determine your um, sleep-wake cycle, and that is exposure to light, physical activity, uh, eating, socialising, and there's one more, um, light, physical activity, socialising, exercising, and the other one's lost me. But it actually may be use of products like caffeine um, or valerian, yeah. stimulants or, or depressants. Because yeah. so th- all of those things will set your day-night cycle. Um, and you can, con- I mean, generally you can control, I mean, I, when I travel, I control my uh, exposure to light. You know, you can put an eye mask on, although they've done some really interesting research that even with an eye mask, if you're exposed to blue light or bright light on the back of your knees, so not in your eyes, just in the really? back of your knees, that will suppress oh. mel- melatonin production. The cheeky little popliteal fossa. Yeah, that's it. So, so it's just, you know, exp- you know your, your, your body is sensitive to light. Um, so controlling light is a big thing. So that means, I mean, if you want to sleep well, it's really good to sleep in a dark room. Um, and if you need a nightlight, then um, to have an orange or a red nightlight. And if, if it's orange, in the orange and red spectrum, like firelight, it doesn't suppress melatonin production. So if you, you know, if you have to get up in the night and go to the toilet, or you're breastfeeding, or your, you know, issues that, that you have to be awake at night, it's good to have a, you know, an orange or a red light, not a white or a blue light. And you know, I'm a big um, enemy of you know i really get frustrated by these blue led lights they have in hotel rooms for your air conditioning or the tv or something how terrible are they yeah because that blue that blue light that blue led light is so powerful that it will switch off your melatonin production so i'm always hanging my black t-shirts on or you know unplugging the tvs in hotel rooms and stuff to get a really dark room when i sleep um and you know to be aware of um, I mean, even electromagnetic fields near where you sleep is important. So not having your phone charging next to your head while you're sleeping. And that's an inverse square law, so you want to have it at least you know, two metres away from you wow. um, in terms of a charging unit. So, you know, at the end of your bed near your feet, but you know, a couple of metres from your head, you want to be clear of electromagnetic radiation. You want to have um, you know, a dark room without these blue LEDs and other things. And that will actually quite enhance the quality of your sleep. It's, it's good. You, you will sleep much better in a cool room. And they've done studies showing that as your, as your body is lowering in temperature, that's when you fall to sleep the best. So having a hot bath before you go to sleep, um, so you're warming up your body. But then what that does, it vasodilates you. So when you go to bed, your body can cool down. And as your body is cooling down is when you naturally will, will tend to slip into sleep. So that can be really helpful. Ah, these are great tips. These are fantastic tips. I love it. I never have problems going to sleep. I, I never do. I could, you know, put me anywhere and I'll just close my eyes and off I go, which I'm really grateful for. But I do know that people, uh, I do know people that really struggle to sleep and sometimes people are sleeping 
you know, maybe 90 minutes per night, and that's it, and they're, and they're so tired through the day. Um, I find that really quite challenging to kind of understand because you're trying to do all these things, you know, you get the, the red-tinted lenses for their glasses at night time, you ask them to not um, use iPads or screens at night, to turn the television off a couple of hours beforehand, to read a book, um, you know, you, you, th- you try to do all of these different hacks, I, I suppose the hacks, or maybe they're just, you know, normal hygiene things for sleep, yep. but sometimes it doesn't work. At what point do you kind of go, all right, we need to use something like herbs, for example. Uh, at what point do we go, okay, it's time to use something more than just altering behaviours? Well, I think it's it's probably better to go sooner rather than later because what can happen if you're not sleeping, you get into this vicious cycle where, you know, you're grumpy during the day and you're making poor decisions. You're more, more likely to have accidents or your immune system gets suppressed and whatever other health conditions you've got will get worse. So, you know, I think sleep is one of the, the things you want to intervene really early. I mean, sleep is that insomnia is actually one of the symptoms of depression. Um, yes. And you know, and if, and it can actually cause depression if you don't sleep well. You can actually become depressed because yeah. you just can't cope with life. And on the other side of it, if you sleep well, you can have this virtuous cycle where you're sleeping well and you're waking up refreshed. And then you feel like you can conquer anything, you know, and your and your immune system is enhanced, and you're actually um, making better decisions. So, and and those decisions that you know you're making include what you're going to eat in terms of the, you know, you're going to choose the junk food or the high sugar, fat, and salt, or you're going to have more plant based diet. And and so when you when you're sleeping well and feeling good, you're you're much more primed to have a healthy life. So I would intervene earlier, um, as early as possible, if, if people aren't sleeping well, and um, you know how how much do people intervene? You know, just having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea to wake them up. I mean, people are going to get addicted to coffee as a stimulant, but I think we need to counter that. And actually, it's interesting because we're talking about valerian and hops. They actually have an opposite effect to caffeine. So that formulation I was talking about, ZE nine one zero one nine, will actually. Um, has sort of the opposite effect to caffeine, where caffeine can block adenosine receptors. Mm-hmm. Um, this that formulation can actually will will enhance adenosine receptors. Huh. So so it actually it turns off what what caffeine you know will switch us on. This can help turn us off and actually help us relax and go into sleep. So let's talk a bit about how to use that then, Mark. I mean, how does that come? Is that a tablet? Is that a you know? Is that something you drink? Um, and you know, without wanting to go into obviously individual prescriptions, but but is this something that you uh, you know, if you were to do it, would take just before bed? Is it something you do once a day? Is it once yeah, a week? You know? Ford, how, do, how is that used? Well, Redormin Forts they're available as tablets, um, and generally you take them on a regular basis. I think it's, it's just you, before you go to bed, um, and. It's it's um like like you'd take a cup of coffee to wake up. This you'd take a redormin fort, you know, which is valerian and hops combination. That, that's specifically evidence that research one, and that would help you go, go to you know go to sleep um, quite comfortably and naturally. Um, it's good to you know do it for a week or two. You know, you, I wouldn't just do it as a one-off thing, um, and you know, actually try and set yourself into a rhythm. And this is what, you know, we talked about circadian rhythms. That's what it's all about, getting yourself into a regular rhythm. And we all know that things do throw us out. You know, we pull an all-nighter, we go to a party, we have, you know, you know, once a week we, you know, have a late night. And then there is actually like the sleep bank. If you're sleep deprived, um, you know, you will have a sleep deficit that you need to pay back. 
So having good sleep actually, you know, gives you a bit of a reserve in your sleep bank that you then can, you know, party all night or, you know, you know, have have a few late nights. But generally you want to you know, maintain that cycle. So having something that anchors you, you know, like I talked about, you know, having a regular meal time, having regular exercise time, having regular socializing time. You know, if you're gonna have coffee, you do that at a regular time, but then having something that can relax you. And having something like, you know, Redormant Four, you know, Valerian hops is much better to relax you than say alcohol. And in fact alcohol, while it does relax you, it actually disturbs your sleep. So the sleep you get after drinking won't be as deep and as refreshing as if you're not having alcohol. Uh, there's again great points. Often we hear about uh, the refinement of um, a herb to an active constituent or a component that we know is beneficial. You know, so for example, um, we might use um, oh, I've, I've, maybe St John's Wort, for example, and we might yeah, standardize something. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's a huge issue with herbal medicine. So, then yeah. we say with St. John's Port, where it's standardized to hypericin or hyperferin, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily the active ingredient, by the way, um, but but it's an ingredient they know how to measure, and that's a proxy for the potency of the plant. Yes. That's what you're trying to do with plants, because plants are, they're not single chemicals. They're actually, you know, there's thousands of chemicals in a plant, you know, these phytochemicals, and often the, the plant's making them these chemicals for themselves to ward off pests or to help grow or, you know, that they have uses for the plant. But then we ingest the plant and, and, and get an effect from that. So with – and that's why it's really hard to know with um, herbal medicines about the quality. I mean, generally, you know, you get what you pay for and, and you know, you want to put a trust in a brand. Um, but, but, you know, just saying it's got hops or valerian, um, I mean, you can grow your own – um, herbs, and then you know, if you're growing them organically, or how the type of soil you're growing them in, or how healthy that plant is, and how much attention you give to that plant, and when you pick it, and that that will all impact um, and you know, vary how that how potent that product will be when you take it. So when you're buying it over the counter, you need to rely on a company that's going to that has a you know, standard procedures, and that's where I you know I, I prefer to have evidence based therapies where possible and that's where say redormin Ford has the clinical trials are done on that actual formulation so you know that you know that and and clinical trials themselves are quite limited because often they'll you know they'll exclude pregnancy you know exclude people you know women in menopause or people you know so they're, they're, a clinical trial is a very um precise instrument and it doesn't answer all your questions but to have clinical evidence on the products you're actually taking can give you more confidence that the quality assurances there and very often they are standardized to a particular phytochemical but um very often for different herbs you don't know what that chemical is going to be and it, and usually what they've standardized to is not necessarily the active ingredient it's just a uh, a proxy for the the concentration of the plant material and perhaps the potency of the plant I like it that's a great explanation thank you very much mark just one question before we do go before we wrap up um, and I know that this, this is, I mean, this has been so interesting for me. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you again. Um, can you take a product like this for too long? Like, w could this be a problem if you kept on taking it and taking it and taking it? Or is this something you could use for a long, long time? Well, with herbal medicines, um, generally you can maintain them for, for a long time, um, much more so than, say, benzodiazepines, which you only want to ever take for a very short period. Um, and if you think about, say, let's counter redormin with caffeine. That's a good, you know, 
I mean, I, personally, I don't drink caffeine because, you know, I, I get quite sensitive to it and I can feel my stomach and my heart and, you know, I have a bit shakes. Although when I'm traveling, um, I was in Italy recently and they had amazing coffee there. And, you know, I'd have a cup of coffee because I was jet lagged and I had to be awake during the day. And I really noticed the effects. Um, so it depends if you're going to make it part of your routine, you can. But I think once you've set a, um, a regular cycle and, and, and probably the more common way would be um, if you're, say, taking a, a, a tablet, which is not probably as much fun as a cup of coffee, um, it's not as socially you know, ingrained as well, um, you'd want to take it for a time so you, so you feel like you've really established a good cycle and then you can wean yourself off it and use those other cues yeah. like the exercising and the eating and the socialising and the night, uh, the light exposure to then cue your, your circadian rhythm. So you might use it to set your circadian rhythm for maybe two to four weeks or six weeks or so. Mm. And then once it's set, you, could, you probably can go off it for a while. Mm. So it's not necessary to take it all the time. But I don't think it's hugely harmful, just like people who have a cup of coffee every day. I don't think that's harmful, but maybe if you're having 10 cups of coffee, it might be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the point as well, Mark, is it is important to make sure that you're taking you know, the right stuff in the right amount at the right time. So I'm guessing if you're thinking of you know, taking something like this, then consulting a healthcare practitioner and getting the right advice is really important. You know, who would you suggest people go to for that? Well, here you're getting into you know, treating, treatment and, and then you know, people need to have a, a health practitioner that they trust. And there are, you know, there are serious sleep disorders. So if you're depressed and you're, you've got insomnia because you're depressed, you know, you're depressed, you actually need professional help. Or if you've got sleep apnea, you know, you, you may need professional help. Um, and whether it's a medical practitioner, um, a naturopath, you know, uh, osteopath, chiropractor, any APRA registered practitioner, I think you need to have a practitioner that you have a good rapport with, that you're able to to um, you know, talk really openly about what's troubling you, and, and very often that can be helpful too. Having someone who you can just share your problems with, but then I think you want to have a practitioner who works as a team with other practitioners because not there's no one practitioner that has all the answers. So you want a practitioner who, who will know that their their scope of practice, and when there's something beyond that, they'll know who to send you to, and that way that, that's going to ensure that they're more. Um, that they're going to be a safer practitioner, they're going to be more in tune of what's going on in terms of their own knowledge base, but also going to mean that you'll have access to the professional care you need because, I mean, just like if you're getting your house fixed and you only have an electrician, you know, you know some electricians may know a bit about carpentry, but, you know, <laughs> you want your electrician to be an electrician, your carpenter to be a carpenter, the plumber to be a plumber. So okay. I think it's the same with your health, you know. Um, you, want a, you want a team of practitioners if, if you have serious issues to deal with and to know that even if you know you got your one main touch point, your main handyman, if you like, but then that handy person can then have access to the professionals that they need, the specialist helps they need if you, if that's required. Oh, that's a great point. What a great way to finish up a great conversation, Professor Mark Cohen. Thank you very much for joining us on the Wellness Guys Show again. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, it's always fun to be with you guys. I look forward to coming on another time. Cheers. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks. Thanks. Mate. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.